The Quest Network is proud to present Star Wars Off the Record. Hey everybody, welcome back to Star Wars Off the Record for Episode 5, The Widget Strikes Back. Brought to you by DoghouseSystems.com. DoghouseSystems.com. For the best gaming computer rigs and best customer service, go to DoghouseSystems.com. And plug in the code off the record, all one word, to get double the memory. A $100 to $150 value, free. DoghouseSystems.com. And I am Joe the Widget Wilson, your Jedi of the evening, the main Jedi. Haha. <laughs> and joining me as always, Master Eve Arwen. Joe. There is no chaos, only peace. And in third chair, woo-woo master himself, Mike Horney. Hola, como esta? He did it. He did it. (laughs) (laughs) And in our fourth chair, the man who has to be dark because it looks better on him, Louis Alon. Peace is a lie. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. (laughs) Slaves and, and darkness rule, right? You know it. Don't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I heard these people saying, you know, okay, well, it start, it, before the game came out, they were saying in Sithor, you know, the Empire is really the misunderstood good guy, kind of like World of Warcraft when with the um, orcs or the uh, the Horde. And I was looking at the game. I, I'm playing an Empire guy right now. I'm going, you people are effed up in the head if you think that. There's nothing good about the Empire. No, not at all. <laughs> Slavery? <laughs> everyone backstabs everybody yeah it's a messed up community <laughs> I mean I can see the, the appeal to play in it because you know that's the kind of thing that doesn't exist they remind me of of no offense or anything but Nazis kind of has that that feel well it is a dictatorship <laughs> I mean well with the know. logo and the way people act it kind of has that kind of feel to it yeah it's and you know the, that feel came from you know George Lucas who was inspired by you know, 1940s, uh, you know, Europe at the time, you definitely get that feeling. So, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a, a reason why it feels like that. Absolutely. All right. So we have the meat and potatoes of the show to get into. And I got to say, I've been I logged in every other night on my level 50, my Sage, to try to get a group for a flashpoint. So I'm, I, I, I don't know if I'm doing this wrong, but I'm sitting in the, um, the fleet, the Republic fleet. You know, asking to get into a flashpoint, any flashpoint. I'm a DPS, whatever. It's actually easier for a DPS to get a group because there's so many healers right now, which I find very interesting. But I got a healer that tried to get me to group up with him so we could try starting a group. We couldn't find a tank on. Not a single group yet. Not a hard mode, not a regular flashpoint, nothing. It's getting beyond frustrating. And then it's they've got to fix this problem. They really, really have to. Did uh, did you try switching the uh, the instance you were in? Well, it's the Republic, all right. There was only one. <laughs> well, no, the the uh, the phase that you're in. I know I think there was can... only one. Yeah, it, I was it, in the fleet the other morning, and there was only 15 people on and one phase. You can uh, wow. only when it the the phase reaches a certain limit, they start a new phase, and then go to new phase, new phase, depending. And on the Empire, I go into the Republic. There's like four phases. 
of the Empire fleet. You know, there's like four phases of it. Um, only a couple of times I've been on the Republic fleet, but it was more than one. Wow. So, so what do you think this is, Joe? Like, why do you think it's, it is that way? Do you think it's just the time of day? Do you think? No, I'm doing it in peak times. I'm certainly going in there around 7 p.m. Eastern okay. time on an Eastern base server. And I am asking, and there's about 100 to 200 people in the area. You can see that from the Who menu. And about, I don't know, 50 or 60 level 50s. And I always flag myself for looking for group, but that never does anything. No one ever pays attention to that, ever. And that does no good yeah. anyway. I'm looking for groups. I don't, think a lot of, I don't even think a lot of people know it's in there. We talked about it briefly last week, and I mean, I knew it was in there, but I totally forgot that it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been playing a lot of my Bounty Hunter, and I got onto level 25 yesterday, and I am loving it. I can feel Blizz coming on soon. Blizz being my <laughs> Jawa! <laughs> what uh, what level do you get to your uh, your Jawa? I don't I didn't want to spoil it so I didn't look into that but I believe it's by okay. mid thirties. I'm on I'm on Tatooine right now so I'm kind of hoping but I think he's like my third um, companion in and I have only still have the one Mako. But Narshada I flew right through. It was not even funny. I was two level I went to Narshada three levels ahead of the minimum or the starting level for that area. Yeah. So I blew right through it. Did all the quests, and they were it was like it was nothing. The story is really cool. I'm loving the hunting, the great hunt. You know, having the great hunt. Marks, going, get, getting your marks and taking them out, and have a rival you have to take out as well. It's 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 a lot of fun, and I just love how my bounty hunter is not really imperial. He says he's only with the empire because they're paying him. Right. That's it. And when like I get in a conversation with NPCs, and they're like, "Well, you gotta do this for the Empire." I'm like, I'm not with the Empire. Is this credits involved? We'll talk. I love his attitude. His no no BS attitude, and it's just been so much fun playing it. And I can't help it. I just I, he's all light side now. I tried going so, dark in the beginning. I just couldn't do it. So you're playing a, a predominantly light side bounty hunter. Bounty hunter. Yeah, that's cool. And the thing is, well, you know, a pretty face can always change your your uh, loyalties. <laughs> oh, you want to romance Mako? <laughs> Mako? Oh, have you seen Mako? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did cute, one of no those, those alternate um, looks for him. When you get your, when you officially get your first companion, you get one of three looks you can get for him to change their appearance. And then when I chose for her, hotness. Mm. <laughs> nice. She still have the little emo haircut. No, she's got more of a uh, of a modern standard cut, like shoulder length hair, but it's more red. And she, instead of having that the uh, the cyborg implant over her eye, she has it on her chin, a little implant oh. on each side of the chin. So she looks really cute for an animated girl. I mean, she's just cool. I want to meet the person who did her voice. But yeah, I mean, loving Mako, Mako, and I've been cheating and have been. Um, she not make already? No, some of the choices I make, she gets. I get negatives with her because when I get too okay. crashed, like I want to kill somebody, she doesn't like yeah. that. So I, I've been. Um, I have uh, diplomacy as one of my crew skills. I've been getting sending out my robot to get companion gifts is one of the things you can get with it. Yeah, so I've been sweet. I've, I've been you know buying her out. The nice thing about the women in this game, if you want to, a lot of the the women NPCs. They like, they prefer you being good. Okay, they like good. Most of them, even with the. I thought 
the Sith warrior. I thought uh, I thought you were going to say the nice thing about women in this game is you could buy their affection. <laughs> that was my punchline. You blew my punchline. <laughs> ah, I'm such so an ass. If you wanted to go dark, you know, and they they don't like it, you can just buy their affection. Boom, bing, solved, done. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I still love this game, man. I could not wait to get my speeder. I was so tired of running. They need to change it down to like a level twenty to get that speeder. Because by the time it's a lot of running, if you are fed up with it. Yeah, it's it's really it gets monotonous after a while. Like I wouldn't mind if if the world was meant to be sort of sandboxy where you can like, you know, run around and explore and discover things that are not necessarily, you know, part of the quest that you're on, and then it opens up a big sprawling dungeon. But you know, the game's not like that, so there's really no reason to be, you know, running around. Well, if you're looking right. for datacrons, there is. Yeah, but a lot of times, like I, I find that you can get those datacrons, you know, just by going from you know quest hub to quest hub. Oh, that's something I want to tell you guys. I found out I was talking in chat, and I found the location of a, of the aim datacron in um, the place before Nashada. It's uh, starts with a B. Help me out, guys. One with those oh, big Balmora. Balmora. The datacron for aim for the Empire side is in a four-man heroic area. So I decided to try sneaking through it myself, even though I don't have you know any kind of cloaking abilities. I can't mm-hmm. sneak. I did it. I pulled it off. Nice. I only died three or four times getting to it, but I pulled it off. <laughs> Corpse walked for the win. Exactly. Yes. And I was surprised. Right here? Yes, please. <laughs> oh, I had a trail of like 10 elites following me as I jumped onto the side pillar and you had to go down. And I found a way to get down to the bottom by jumping off like a little shortcut. So they were all chasing me, gathering more and more hero- um, elites all the way around. I thought they were going to lose. Bro, <laughs> they didn't. I seriously had an army of elite droids coming at me in a huge wave. <laughs> they looked at me. I was toast. It was done. Oh, of course. But I died right next to the door. We had to like kind of hop down these pipes. You have to try to hop under the right pipe to get the datacron right next to you. First time I missed, and I landed right into a pile of more elite droids. So I had to go back and do it again. And the second time, I barely landed right on the edge. Had to jump again really quick to make it back on. But I got it. Nice. Congrats. If you're looking for those datacrons and then they're, um, you can't really find them normally, try the heroic areas. Apparently some of them exist there. Yeah, I got the same one you were talking about. You can actually get it on the Republic side, too. But it's a different way in. I figured I wanted to really get the aim one because that's my primary stat on my bounty hunter. Got to go for that. I've been looking for an endurance one. I haven't come across one yet. And I've been like, I don't really want to like look them up on on the internet. Yeah, I know that I've seen one on the Empire side or Republic side that was on the same plan I just talked about. I think it's the aim one that's in that chest on the bridge. Where's the endurance one? I don't remember which one. I'll have to look it up later or rem- Yeah, I'll let you know. But anyway, yeah, for tanking like you're doing, those are big ones to have. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially strength is nice too. That'll help you with aggro. Yeah, yeah. That's I kind of treat that as like my secondary stat or a primary stat if I feel like I'm I'm you know losing. If I'm getting too much endurance, I'll I'll start stacking strength. You know, so a little bit more. You didn't have too much time to play this week, Ivarwin. No, unfortunately, I I have not. What, my, did, you uh, what did you get a chance to do though? Anything at all? Or oh yeah, yeah. What I what I did do was. Um, I since I'm like so interested in the the story quests for for my character, um, I'm currently doing the uh, the Deathmark quest, 
um, on Alderaan, and I got much further along with that. And um, I don't want to spoil too much, but you know, it's it's been amazing. And I'm at the point now where I have to take out Darth Angrel on his ship, mm. and um, I'm having a really. <laughs> I got through the entire ship okay, but his security officers seem to have you know kicked my butt a couple of times. So. <laughs> I'm trying to like you oh, know, man. figure that fight out a little the bit. The higher level you get, the harder the story sequences get. Yeah, I I might have to I might have to come back. I don't want to do that because I'm like right there, and you know, like I want to I want to see the end of this thing because I'm like really interested. Like you know, Darth Angrel really got you know, Lou Lou was in mumble when I was talking to him at the time when I was playing, and you know, Darth Angrel did this thing, and I was really upset about it. So. Speaking <laughs> of mumble. I'm gonna I'm gonna nitpick this. I think she listens to this show. I'm not sure, but Marie, on our um, betrayal guild, I was mm-hmm. in Mumble last night hanging out all by myself. She pops in for like ten seconds, realizes it's just me, and then pops right out. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for that. And yes, I did notice. Poor Joe. Uh, she's fun. I did. Um, yeah, she is. I did quests yeah. with uh, Lou and and her alts. And that was so much fun. Poor Lou had to trudge around with me as I did like a thousand quests, bonus quests. Mm-hmm. But he was such a sport about it. <laughs> it's not no problem at all. Let's just get it done. Let's knock him out. <laughs> oh, oh, Marie says no. <laughs> I did the wrong mumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's in the chat room. Ha 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 ha. Hey, Marie, welcome. Uh, so yeah, um, they were great with that, and then we went and did uh. A flashpoint, and that was a lot of fun. There was four of us, and a couple of us were. I think Marie was the only one that was at level for it. Me and Lou, and a f- who else was with us? Lou. Uh, Damon was with us. Damon was with us. That's right. And we just destroyed it, especially with my boom booms everywhere. Explosions were going off every which direction. Things were just falling over dead. It was so much fun. <laughs> Sorry, Bar, when you were saying. Oh no, I was just you know saying that i can't i can't wait to finish this thing up you know i'm, I'm like right there so that was it you know i, I don't want to i don't want to spoil anything you know for anybody so i really can't talk too much about it unfortunately um no problem yeah that you know they mean put you on spoil. spot but you know you're not doing your job jeez <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> <laughs> well worst comes to worst of just ask one of us to come with you um because we can definitely certainly accompany you on your class quest yeah that's that's not going to be an issue. That's an idea. I don't know if we have it in our in our uh, fleet today, but one of our listeners mentioned the fact that he was grouped up with somebody and they went into one of their one of their own ships. So there, he was actually go was able to visit his friend's ship as he flew around everywhere inside with him. Hmm. The only th- oh yeah, I read that. I didn't that's know a- that. That's awesome. Is that is that like intended? Is that a bug? No, it's intended. You just can't do uh, the space combat, obviously, at the same time. Right. It's only meant for one person at a time. Hmm. So I thought it was pretty cool. So like, if there's a lot of the um, what I meant to bring this up with is if you have those story quests where you have to fly to it, like a specific, it opens up a specific event in the war in the universe where you have to fly to like a special starship, and then yeah. zone into it. You have to have someone in your ship with you in order to do that. They can join you on those and go in there and help you with it. Okay. I have no problems hopping on my fifty and helping you complete something you're having a hard time with. Yeah, no problem. 
I'll, I'll definitely be looking to do that. Like, I, I'm going to try this a couple of more times and see if I can figure the fight out myself. And, you know, because like I said, you know, I don't really want to have to break away from the the action here and then level my character up just so I can. Like, I don't think it's necessary. I think I just have to. I think it's just a tough fight, and I, I just got to stick it out. And I had to out. have help with my final fight on my Sage. I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And even with the two of us, it was not an easy fight. So some of those fights are pretty tough. And if you need help, there's people around to help you. Darth Angle, um, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. By the way, um, <laughs> we opened up forums for all of our shows for the Quest Network. You can find it on our, our website, StarWarsAuthRecord.com. There's a link to it. There's a, actually a tab to go to right there to it. We have forums for our guilds as well as for the show. So go in there, and if you guys are having trouble um, joining our guilds, you can post a message in those forums, and we'll keep an eye out for you. And it also has information for our mobile server, which is only for guildies and people wanting to join the guild. Um, so, yeah, take check those out, and you can talk Star Wars with us all, all night and day. Mike, what was your playthrough, man? Uh, I just been leveling my uh, my vanguard most of the week as usual. Finally finished uh, Balmora on the Republic side today. Actually, uh, I'm still going back and doing the bonus series though. I want to finish up everything, but that low population is starting to get on my nerves. There's like I think there was four people on this morning. Only one instance, four people on when I was online this morning. Hmm. This was like noon Eastern time. So wow. Shouldn't be that bad. I, I, I don't. They've got to do something to get these server populations up because this is going to kill the game for everybody. If there's no one on all the time, it's ridiculous. Um, I did run into well, a cool little. Tip a lot though. of that is is huh? Republic. A lot of that's the Republic, man. I've noticed a big difference between the Empire and Republic, even on our server, is the Empire seems to outnumber the Republic a ton on our server. Yeah. I mean, dramatically outnumber. So I've seen, like, when I was playing through a low population with the Republic, you're right, but a high population on the Empire. Someone had the idea somewhere that I read, I don't know if it was on Twitter or on forums, it might have been the forums, saying that, you know, even, even if you put a note in all the different servers saying, you know, how heavy the population is versus one faction over the other, that might go a long way to, to balancing things. Yeah. You know, that would be a good place to start. Hey, come join the Republic. On Juya, we need your body. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of that was I, I completely agree. It is ridiculous, especially on the Republic well, they side. Need to, they need to figure out something, though. I don't so know. It's not, really, servers, it's not really so much just the server load. We have a high population server. It's the fact that it's a five times more empire than there are Republic. I've never once seen it say high population. Well, I have. Even logging on at night. I've never. I was on last Saturday night because the wife was at work, and it was still. It said standard. Oh really? And there was, you know, there was like thirty-five people on in one instance in Balmora, but still, wasn't that many. Yeah, even Ursa is saying. Uh, it, so he says for him, high heavy as well. Yeah, that's never said high for me. You but, know, I, I don't I, know. If they open up free transfer similar to what they did in Rift, that would go a long way to help solve that problem. Yeah, maybe. Lou, has uh, there has there been anything, Lou, on the forums regarding this? Yes, it's actually a recurring thread on the forums about server populations. And again, it, it's 50-50. There are people who have no issues with their servers, and then there will be people who have issues with their servers. So, you know, it, it's all a matter of what people are perceiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah you, could have, you could have the raw numbers posted right there, 
um, when you enter the shard or instance, you see the numbers. But and then when you see the server itself, when it says standard, light, heavy, and so forth. But Bioware's never flat out said, you know, what constitutes a heavy load in the server? What constitutes a standard load or light load? You know, they just aren't releasing those numbers, and I don't think they ever will. And again, it, it, it goes back to Joe and Mike's point to where, yes, the faction imbalance can be rarely apparent on lots of servers. So yeah, it's rough for those players to actually, you know, who want to play, who want, you know, who like the game, but they can't do anything for the sheer fact that no one's playing their faction, you know, most notably Republic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Ursa no. in the chat room is saying it's one to five Republic on almost yeah. all servers. Well, they need to do something to fix it because that right there will kill the game. I guarantee you, if it stays this way, it won't last a year. Right, and that's one thing that uh, one big question a lot of people have been postulating on the forums, like, well, what can Bioware do to address this issue? Uh, can they, for example, faction lock a server? Meaning, you know, you can no longer create, you know, Empire tunes on the server. Yeah, you I've know, I've or, seen other MMOs do that before. Yep, exactly. I've seen it too. So create more of a balance. You one one way to do it to correct, to correct the imbalance. You know, unless you're already on that server, but if it's a brand new person creating, you know, brand new account. You know, lock him and say, hey, you know, you can't create an Empire tune in the server. They have hey, to you, you know something else that would help? Go with me on this, Joe. If uh, Lou was to actually create and play some uh, Republic <laughs> tunes um, <laughs> instead of like 40 uh, Empire ones, that <laughs> might help a little bit. What do you think? the shit and balance right there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing that out there, but hey. <laughs> no, uh, so I was finishing up Balmora and I stop by the commendations vendor like I always do when I'm done with the planet to, you know, get all my, uh, usually I just buy mods and enhance all my gear. So I was going through and I was trying to figure out how much it was going to cost to get all the mods. And I'm looking through the, the equipment vendor one and I see there's a motor, an orange motor with four or with three uh, mods in there for five commendations. You know, an accumulated add-up for these accommodations would have been nine if I'd have bought them separately. So I bought f- four of those, ripped out all the, mo- the mods, and just added them to my gear. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Ended up uh, saving myself some uh, some accommodations there. I was able to actually upgrade all my gear perfectly. So I was like, Ooh. nice. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much my week. <laughs> Marie, yeah, she was. She's been trying to get me to go Empire for some reason, and she doesn't like talking to me. When I finally go Empire, <laughs> she doesn't talk to me. But yeah, she's trying to turn all of our other guild into the Empire side. She's chastising you with her silence. <laughs> is that what it is? Right. <laughs> That's what that was. She she logged in and mumbled to say, "I'm here, but not talking to you," like an angry wife, and then just. Left. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna probably like yell at me when I get in the game next. I oh, do too talk now. to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just giving her one bad time about one thing. Poor Marie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we uh, devotion is pretty much. I don't see hardly anyone on it anymore. I think everybody already has gone over to the other side. <laughs> see, the last week, the only person I've seen on was Avarwin. <laughs> yeah, was it? No one else. We have a couple people on in the evening. Um, I try to get on my 50. See, I have a kind of a set pattern how I'm doing my alts. I have my my Republic Sith, <laughs> Republic Sith, er, my Republic Sage, and that I that's the first character I want. He's my he's my main, my primary. And then I'm making my bounty hunter, which I'm falling in love with, Empire. So I'm gonna go on the Republic, and I'm gonna make a smug a smuggler. Okay, I'm gonna be on the Republic side for quite a bit of time as I do that until our guys in the Devotion Guild get to 50, and we can start doing flashpoint stuff like that together. 
or they actually create, you know, looking for group tool. And then I'm going to go back to the Empire and I'm going to make a Sith warrior. That I'm way trying, I'm Joe. I'm trying. I can't take the pressure. I'm trying. Jeez, man. <laughs> Slacker. I'm getting mine up there, too, but it's starting yeah. to wear on me the no population. I plan on doing each of the different types on two from each faction. Eventually. So, yeah, anyway, that's, that's my plan. Anything else, Mike? Nope. Not me. Lou, it's up to you, man. Well... Uh, doing dailies with two fifties. You know, after a while, it just some parts it just feels like a chore. <laughs> you know, a, a a rote sequence of events as opposed to fun. But you know, I see it as a necessary step to start gearing myself up. You know, to get the mods and upgrades that are available from those, uh, so I can prep myself for uh, flashpoint. You know, harder flashpoints and the operations eventually. Mm-hmm. When the rest of the guild catches up and we start doing those. So what I've been doing is I've been just doing the Datacron search in the interim just to break the monotony. Uh, because I haven't gotten them all. Uh, at least not in those 50s. Because I got so enwrapped with the story and doing the class and planet quest that I just totally just totally forgot about them. You know, I just, they just slipped to the back of my head and I just bypassed everything. Because I got so wrapped up in doing the story. I was like, all right, cool. I got on to the next step. Go on to the next step. Then I got on to the next planet and realized, oh, crap. I didn't get the Datacrons. Oh, well, too bad. I'm on the next planet already. <laughs> I got someone to kill on this planet. I got someone to track down. Let's go. So now I'm just playing catch up. This, do, you hear, do you hear how we're talking about this game this week? Do you hear this? This is not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> not at all. Like, you know... You know what I feel right now? I feel like I feel like this is April and this is Rift, mm. and and no one wants to say that the Titanic hit the iceberg, but we can't figure out why there's so much water, you know, <laughs> in the uh, in the bottom hull. <laughs> I still love this game with a passion. I just it has a lot of problems, and it's it's quite evident, and a lot of people know that. Yeah, it, and don't get me wrong, you know, I I love this game too, just the same way. You know, I I. I I'm addicted to my class quest right now, and you know it, it. It feels you know awesome being able to 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 play as a Jedi, and I think they got it right. It's just you, you're right, Joe. Like you know, uh, I think somebody somebody put it perfectly on Twitter when they said that this game is going to be you know death by you know a million a million paper cuts. <laughs> well, I, I I hope I really do hope, and I have faith that Bioware is avidly working on these issues. Upcoming more so, they with the latest patch that a big patch that they're promising a lot of, or not a lot, but quite a few changes coming through the pipe. You know, like the UI, some change to the UI, not a whole lot, but uh, some customization. Maybe a lot to the UI. Apparently, we'll get more in store for the system will be revealed to us. You know, some yeah, more bug fixes. Fix nothing if you don't get more people on the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Joe, Joe will agree with me on that one. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're, you know, a lot of us are just kind of waiting and holding our breath until until March to see what they're actually going to put out for this. Yeah, this patch that there's a lot of, wait, yeah. there's a lot of people that are are holding on to that cancel button right now, just waiting and waiting until they get what way is 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 Bioware going to take this? If they're going to take it the right way, then you know, mouse goes off and we're back to playing the game. Right. It's they're at a very crucial point right now in this game's life. They had a great start, but now that people are hitting in-game and they're seeing more in the later game, 
they're realizing, look, there's there's some issues here. There's some big issues that needs to be fixed, and hopefully that that's what they they really nail down in the next coming months. True, and I think one of the issues that some people have put on the forum is the fact that it was very easy for a lot of people to level, and these weren't just you know the so-called hardcore players. These are just players just focusing on one character, no alts, you know, playing a few hours, a couple hours a day, and they managed to reach the level cap in a relatively short period of time. Okay, and they're not power gaming, they're not power leveling anything, but they just played regular. And within maybe a month or so, they hit end game, and now they're stuck. Played regular? Jesus. I thought I'd been playing regular. <laughs> <laughs> well, because if you if you can actually get groups to run the heroics on these planets and deal flashpoints on your level, yeah, you can level pretty quick. Because yeah. those things give out XP like a like nobody's business. Um, when I level my Marauder, I was doing that a lot with Marie and one of our other players with Grimblade. And Dead Elf, and we destroyed that stuff. And I must, we must have been jumping levels up like crazy doing those every day. So there, in essence, you know, there's one part of it. You know, they give so much XP. You know, players who are smart will know what to farm, you know, and gain levels quickly. But then again, they they might damn themselves by turning this into a grind fest where it's, oh my god, I did this entire quest for the past 45 minutes. All I got was a thousand XP. That'll also piss off players. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, that old commensurate, you know, risk versus reward type deal. You know, you can never right. make players happy with that. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. But pretty much saying we're not we're not dissing the game right now. We're not talking down about it. It's still a phenomenal game. We just, we're, we're basically being real with everybody is the fact that they're, like, everyone knows it, everyone sees it. Problems need to be fixed, and they got to be fixed soon, or we may not have a, a, a game to talk about in the in the future, so... Let's um, let's push Bioware to do the right thing and get things fixed, and we're going to move on to the Dark Council. The Dark Council will decide... And here we are in the Dark Council. What kind of question do we got today, Mr. Evarwin? So we were uh, we were all kind of talking about this a little bit just just earlier, and um, we decided that this this question it's kind of floating out there, and and we thought it would be great for the timing of the game and, and the show right now. So the the question is this: Should Bioware create a free to play model for off for? Uh, the old republic and if so how should it be structured and when would be the best time sooner or later sooner as in you know from between now to like you know a year from now or further down the road when you know this game's already been established and you know they're looking to uh you know pump up the uh pump up more business a few years from now so should Bioware create a free-to-play model? Let's let's tackle that one first, I guess. Lou or Mike, what do you got to say about it? Well, nowadays a lot of MMOs have been adopting a free-to-play model for the overall business models. 
I guess for whatever reasons, whether it was, I guess, uh, to help prop up a sinking ship, so to speak, or just to promote new business. I know lots of times when players see a free-to-play model, they may get a negative connotation in their head saying, well, what's wrong with the game? Yeah. You know, this is some sort of business ploy to plug the holes in a sinking ship, so to speak. I feel like you know what, Lou. I I feel like we may need to have to like define this a little bit for for the listeners too. What exactly is the, is a free to play model? Well, I'm no business major, but from what I've experienced with free to play models, it's usually a uh, a free download version of the game, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot which is limited by the company in lots of different ways. For example, there may be a level cap attached to your account. Um, equipment cap, meaning you can't use certain types of weapons, gear, equipment, and so forth. You're only allowed to play in a set number of zones within that game world itself. Right. It's basically like it's basically the game with you know limited features to it, and and like the games that that do this kind of which allow you to play their game for free when there is a subscription side to it, they they make a free-to-play model in a lot of different ways. You know, World of Warcraft allows you to play up to a certain level, and you have access to everything in the game, basically. Dungeons & Dragons Online is is a, is a free-to-play game, and then... Because it was crap can... from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock it. I actually like what is doing right now. Oh, I couldn't stand that e- game. EverQuest 2 is a free-to-play game as well. Right. Well, that started, uh, that was a pay-to-play for years. But then Sony, it, you know, the free-to-play model's working for them really well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's revitalized. It's, yeah, it's revitalized a lot of their games to and, the point and, you where know, their was never a bad game. No, no, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it wasn't as good as say Wow or anything like that, but it was a good game. Their new revolutionary just... MMO. It's, it's been doing so well for them. Sorry to interrupt, Mike. That they have a, a revolutionary type of. FPS MMORPG called uh, basically means first person shooter massive online called Planet Side 2. The original game was was phenomenal but it was pay to play didn't so do so hot in the numbers. But the new game looks fun, ab- outstanding and they, they've had such a good success with their free to pay free to play model recently that they decided to take Planet Side 2 and make it free to play out of the gate. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. You know, and then also with the free-to-play model, there is a subscription plan too, where you get all the features unlocked. Right, and right. that's so. that's I think how how DDO does it as well. You can you can choose to play the game completely for free, and you've got a certain amount of skills and races, or I should say classes and races, that are open to you through the free-to-play model. And most of the game is and its its areas are you know you can go through. If you you also have the sub, uh, subscription side where you get everything for the you know, monthly cost, or you can what they do. You can do what they call microtransactions, which is you get the free-to-play model, and then you can buy like certain classes or certain races, and then you have access to that. Um, Lord of the Rings Online has has a, a free-to-play model that's very similar to this as well. And you know, I, I feel like you know, free to play has like this this kind con- of negative connotation to it. Like you know, oh, if it's going free to play, then it's a game that's sinking. You don't want to play it; it's garbage. Um, but like Joe said, like this this model has revitalized, and, and like Mike said, you know, this this uh, model has revitalized, you know, games as well. And I'm wondering if if maybe Bioware should should think to well, do a model similar. You know what? Free to play, it's not the minority anymore. 
It's no. now, nine. Most of the games out are free to play now. Most of them come out out of the get go free to play. Yeah, right. right now you only have a couple that are still full pay to play. Yeah, much longer there won't be any pay to play. You have World of Warcraft, Rift, and Star Wars: The Republic are the three major ones right now that are pay to play. And then, like you said, even WoW has a, a free to play, you know, thing to it. It's limited, you know, to level twenty, but it's still there. Well, they're also they've they've been working on a model to take it take that entire game free to play eventually. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm positive that when their numbers start dipping down more than they like, because they've been losing players every quarter, it's just not, you know, that big of chunks. Um, I, I guarantee you they're going to switch it over to a free-to-play model. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's the same yeah, thing going to happen with this game. I mean, they're going to... I'm all for it. They're going to keep so, it pay-to-play for right now, but eventually, I think, and maybe in maybe a year or two, if the numbers don't look so hot, they're going to definitely switch over to free-to-play, because they don't want the game to die. Lou, um, I kind of cut you off. You're tr- you're you're answering the question. Should they do this? Um, you know, should they do this? Yes or no? And then, if so, what model do you think? Um, like, what features of a free to play model? If you do think they should do it, what kind of what do you think they should include? Well, if Bioware does want to adapt a free to play model for this game, I, I think it might be very difficult challenge for them considering well, how sc- screw Bioware I don't care about what Bioware well, well, thinks I care what Lou thinks <laughs> <laughs> well I'm thinking about how they would how, how a game this story rail driven can be quartered off that way to a free to pay model to where it's essentially just game the game anyway <laughs> for free yeah you know most of the times when I played a free to play game to unlock other content other areas other types of weapons equipment and so forth you know I've had to pay for it how do you do that to a game like this where it's a story-driven MMO and you're the hero or heroine in this game? You know, Do you just cut them off at a certain level? Like, do you cut them off at Tatooine and they can't go anywhere, can't go anywhere with that? You know, What do you give them there at that point to keep them interested in playing for free? You can't do much because they can't recycle the same stuff on, for example, if you're playing the public side, all right, so what? Do I go back to Terrace? Do I go back to Tython? Do I go back to Ord Mantell? And do what? You know, they'd have to dump additional content there for these free-to-play players to enjoy themselves with. Otherwise, they're just going to bail. I don't well, think they should limit levels in the free-to-play model. I think they should let you go all the way. What they should do is limit maybe class structure or limit certain zones. Say, uh, you know, when you're leveling a character, you only get to go to the commando tree or something like that. Or you hit 50, you can't do the raids. No. Without paying to unlock it. Right. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're blocked off from getting doing heroics, doing flashpoints, and doing operations. Yeah, but I don't think they should let them, let them level all the way up to the top. Yeah. Just limit what they the need they to do them. right now is, is what Nightmare in the chat room is saying. Release a demo for the first ten levels. You know how awesome each class's beginning is? Oh, yeah. That's a grabber. Yeah. I would – I mean for me – I would since since there seems to be two sides of this game. There seems to be a single player side and an MMO side. I would I would have the game free to play as a single player, and then when you when you want to, you know, experience flashpoints, that's stuff that you have to unlock um, either in a subscription or a microtransaction type of uh, type of type of thing. You know, have them. Have them, uh, you know, pay for uh, Aethys when they're, you know, level eleven or, or fifteen or whatever, uh, whatever you, that is. I just thought about this. What bugs me about MMOs nowadays is the fact that you have to buy the initial sixty dollar 
freaking game, and then you have to pay $15 a month, why not right. get rid of that initial cost altogether? Give them the first month for free. And then if they want to continue playing the game, have them pay for the subscription. You're saying let them download the game for free and the first yes, month for free. Yes, exactly. Okay. You know the main reason they charge for the game, though? The game itself is what recoups the charges, the cost to make the game. The subscription fee is just what makes them money and pays for their server. Upkeep. But they're also losing a lot of people. Oh, I agree. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you there. I'm just saying that's the reason they do it, and that's why it's going to be hard to get them to change it. And Nightmare in the chat room is asking, isn't the first month always free? Yeah, after you pay $60 for the CD yeah. or the download of the game. So technically it's not. And you know what pisses me off about that? The fact that you can go pay $60 for the game, install the game, but you can't not even play that first month until you actually put a credit card or a game time card in there. That's right. ridiculous. Right. That yeah, is I find it, I find it annoying too. When I first loaded up the game, when I gained early access on the thirteenth of December. Well, I had to I, get I, Joe to help me. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't do anything, and I realized I actually had to input my credit card information. I was like, wait a minute, I just paid for the game. Yeah. Usually, the first month is free, and then charge me afterwards. Like, well, are you kidding me? This is. I don't yeah. have a card right now because my account got freaking my bank account got hacked and stuff, and they stuck my thing. So I don't have a card right now. So I couldn't even like get started on the game. <laughs> I had the game for like a week or something before I could play it. <laughs> well, I mean, that is the standard in, in MMOs. You know, for those of our listeners that, that may not may not be playing MMOs or even this game, I mean, you know, we should say that, you know, it is the standard. Like, you know, I think these guys are just following what works right now. Yeah, that. they made but, you do that in World of Warcraft and Rift. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm like I'm not invalidating, you know, anyone's point because, you know, you're 100 percent right. Like that is that is worthy of getting aggravated over. But you know, I don't think they really mean anything by it. I think they're just kind of going with the flow. They're trying to um, guarantee their subscription. Yep. What? All right, real quick. Real quick. What? What do we? Because I, I agree. I think there should be a free-to-play model. What, what? Sooner, later? You know, is it is now essential? Do you think they can hold off? You know, eight months from now? Do you think it should just you know Honestly, watch the numbers? I don't know if any companies thought about it, but you could do a free-to-play and subscription at the same game at the same time. No, um, that doesn't work. Uh, that's what EverQuest tried. Oh, really? And they had to convert it all to a single free-to-play model. They had one subscription-based EverQuest 2 game and one free-to-play, which was EverQuest Extended. Same game, one was a free-to-play model, one was subscription-based, and it split the community too much. Well, Lotro and DDO do it. Well, do it the same way. Well, no, no, no. no. They have, they have a, uh, you can pay... And still have a subscription fee for for EverQuest, but that's not what he's saying. Actually, two separate games is what no. it has. I wasn't referring to two separate games or anything like that, or because I know that in EverQuest Two, when they did that, they had realms that only paid people can be on and realms that only free yeah. people can be on. No, and no, it, that's not what I'm it, saying. I'm saying oh, okay, an intermingled. But like, for instance, if you're playing your subscription, you have everything unlocked for you. Everything, oh, everything all the game of them is do now. Yeah, but a free model lets them just go through the game still. But yeah, no, all yeah, all games have a, all games have a paid model on it still too, where it unlocks everything. Hmm. I personally think they should do it sooner than later, unless they can figure out another way to fix the server imbalance. That because if not, I'm not sure. In eight months, I, I don't know if half the servers are still going to be there. Yeah, and that's that's a, a big problem because then it looks like the game is dying, and you know whether it is or isn't it looks like it is and that's that's you know a pr nightmare that no one's been able to figure out just yet
Welcome to the Galactic Gazette with my co-anchor R2D2. And here we are in the Galactic Gazette, your official and community news for Swator. And we have another patch. Ibarra, want to tell us about this patch? Sure thing. February 14th, patch 1.1.3. Happy Valentine's Day. How about another patch, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, a minor patch has come to us yet again. This week, adding some very minor in-game bug fixes to crafting skills, operations, flashpoints, PvP, and NPCs. However, this patch comes some minor class changes, so here are the highlights. Number one, surge rating. It's been rebalanced for you. Now it reaches diminishing returns the same way as other damage ratings, and its per-point damage contribution has been reduced approximately 10%. Lou, how do we feel about that? Not going to say anything yet. I'm still testing it out right now. Right, um, holding off. I'm water and on my uh, operative, so I'm going to do some more of my own little testing and see how I Well, at this point, how I feel, because we have the combat logs. I can't tell you what they give you <laughs> concrete numbers. No one can at this point. Right. How about you, Mike? Do we feel any which way, one way or the other, about this? Does this no, make us? Not really. I'm not not really. far enough along to really care. It's really a all minor right. patch. Not really anything spectacular. Nah, not at all. Not at all. Um, let's see. Bounty Hunter was the other thing that uh, was significant in this patch of a of a non-significant patch. Let's see. Bounty Hunter, the advanced class mercenary, the arsenal tree stabilizers now correctly adds push pack push back resistance to unload. And for troopers, your commando advanced class, the gunnery skill tree does the same thing. Studied aim now correctly adds pushback resistance to full auto. Uh, got a quote as always. Here's an awesome quote from Andrew Wong of the official SWOTOR forums regarding further updates and patches. And Andrew Wong states, we are currently working on a lot of great new content for our upcoming upcoming game updates for the rest of this year and even into 2013. This allows, this includes new stories, new planets, new higher level group content, and new game features. These designs are constantly evolving over time as we are listening to real-time feedback from our community in order to refine and improve the experience. So I'm looking forward to the new planet thing. Yeah, they, they better have, um, you know, the moon of Endor. <laughs> right. Not not Endor. The moon of Endor. The furry, <laughs> the, the furry lush uh, planet uh, of, or moon of Endor. Yup, yup. Endor, Endor, the moon of Endor. <laughs> yup, yup. <laughs> I like that one. That's my new fat catchphrase. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> Mike, what do we got next? Uh, February 15th, Guild Summit invites are out. Uh, David Bass has stated on the forums that all the Guild Summit invites have been sent out as of 2.15 Central Standard Time on 2.15. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. It's I'm, I'm being serious, guys. That kind of thing only um, happens once every 100 years, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a Guild leader and sent an application and did not receive an email, don't panic. Because uh, Mr. Bass had this to say. Guilds who have not been selected in this first round have been placed on a wait list, and any selected guilds do not respond in time, we will open up their space to the wait list. Any guild leader who receives an acceptance email must confirm their attendance within 48 hours. Guilds who do not confirm in time will lose their place at the summit to another guild on the wait list. 
So uh, if you guys are planning on going, rock on. I really hope this is more than just a pol- uh, a, a media thing, and they actually do make something of this. I wish they would have paid for uh, room and board and flight. I'd have signed up then. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm still on the sidelines with this. I'll wait and see what they do with the live stream, because they, they've said that they're going to live stream a, um, the conference or the summit, yeah. so to speak. So we'll see what happens, what they're showing, and, you know, what they choose to show. So, Lou, what do we have next on the agenda? Next, we have the Sotor Pacific Asia launch. This past February 14th, Bioware and LucasArts, they finally announced the launch date, March 1st, for Star Wars Zero Republic in Pacific Asia regions of the globe. And that's going to include countries like Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the regional city of Hong Kong. And they had this to say about it, quote, Players who have already begun their journey will also have a limited time opportunity to migrate their characters from the current servers to Asia-Pacific servers after the launch on March 1st. All players who qualify for a character transfer will be notified in early March with more details. End quote. Is there a reason why they they typically hold back launch for for this area of the world? I feel like I feel like it America- has to get approval. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their their government is really hardcore. So uh, they have to set up all kinds of rules with the game, block some stuff out, change stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous what they have to do. Wow. Yeah, but uh, why a lot of uh, players in that region will rather just buy, I guess, a, a hard copy version and play that way and log into yeah. our servers, our European servers, as opposed to waiting for the so-called oceanic type servers to open up. On a side note, they obviously have character transfers in the game. I personally think they need to open free character transfers up to certain servers. Maybe try to get people to, yeah, you know, combined. I like the server transfer; it'd be pretty cool. You know, don't force them to do it, but have it at least available. And real quick, and other news around the galaxy: the senior writer for Swator, Drew Carpishin, Carpishin, announces his departure from Bioware to pursue personal projects. You may know him best as the author of the recent Darth Raven novel, but has also been on the writing teams for Mass Effect 1 and 2 and KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic. And with that, we are going to move on to our Jedi Archives. What does it mean to be a Jedi? To hold all that power, only history can tell and teach in the Jedi Archives. And here we are in the Jedi Archives lore with our lore masters, Lou and Mike. Lou is going to go second. Mike, you're going to go first. All right. So, we're going to start off with the Nightmare Lands. Uh, we got a request via, request, request via Twitter. So, uh, the Nightmare Lands were a forested region of the planet Voss. The overgrowth in the forest is said to be so be dense, and the forest was under the sway of a corruptive influence. Um, the region was inhabited by wildlife that has been tainted, and Gormag natives who have been corrupted, and Voss mystics. 
uh, members of the Voss species that have gone mad. So, uh, it's actually in the game. So You know funny? Yeah, I did the quest on Voss for this, actually going yeah. to Nightmare Lands. I knew about this! Yeah, so it's actually <laughs> for in once. the game. Yay, uh, Joe! Well, this was actually... This, this piece of lore was actually created for the game. So this isn't this wasn't something that was actually uh, around too much before the game. They actually developed this piece for the game. So uh, there's not too much on it, but that's kind of what's interesting about it. Just goes to show you that even this game is helping create lore for Star Wars. Oh, well, it'd have to. Yeah. Um, we also got a request for an interesting server called the Fat Man. <laughs> so. <laughs> I figured I'd go ahead and look this up, too. The Fat Man was a starship owned and piloted by Zerid Kor, who first appeared in Star Wars The Old Republic Deceived, a book written by Paulus Kemp. He's a really skinny That's... guy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, an interesting <laughs> note about about the pilot, Zerid Kor, he was, uh, he's a male human smuggler working for the Exchange, but he's actually a former Republic commando in Havoc Squad. So for those of you who play a, you know, trooper, there you go. Havoc Squad for the win. <laughs> That's right. Captain of the Havoc Squad. <laughs> Anything else, Mike? That's what I got this week. Sweet. Lou, what about you, man? Well, this week I thought I'd go into something that we all see and take for granted. And that is the blaster. So called by Obi-Wan Kenobi, so uncivilized. So <laughs> uncivilized. <laughs> All right, it, everyone knows it's the most commonly used weapon in the galaxy. Okay, it's a ranged weapon, fires bursts of particle beam energy. Now, I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to turn this into a really big science class. If you want the science of it, check out that really cool series, Science of Star Wars. <laughs> you know, we have scientists, actual scientists explaining how things like Star Wars and Star Trek can actually work. I don't. I don't like to watch that because they said that that lightsabers can't exist. <laughs> because we haven't discovered the force yet. Duh. Duh. Yeah. They're missing a part now. of the equation. Yeah, and it actually is part of the equation too. <laughs> that you know we don't have the force yet. But back on topic. Um, another big thing that uh, I was when I was doing my research is that even though people use blasters and lasers within the novels, the stories, the movies interchangeably. Laser technology in the Star Wars universe is older. Okay, it's more archaic than blaster technology. All right, it's more it's more modern and it's more effective, especially with its higher rate of fire and its higher rate of recharge, which is why it's preferred weapon of choice <laughs> for everyone. Okay, we got two types: uh, plasma based variant and a particle beam variant. All right, the plasma variant is actually deadly to all forms of life, whether organic or inorganic. Especially droids, which is why you have weapons like the ion blasters, ion rifles, and such. Okay, to help attack droids. The other type of weapon, which is the particle beam, it's more effective against human and organic life. That's why it's actually more geared towards, I could say, you could say flesh type creatures. Okay, blasters can be held in many forms, from a handheld uh, pistol to a rifle or a carbine all the way to the giant blaster cannons that you see in starships. Um, our first int, uh, model of a blaster was actually seen, if you played KOTOR, hint, hint, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> by one of the ancient slash unknowing droids um, from the Rakata Infinite Empire. And they actually have a little photo of it. 
Um, when you're in that little chamber and you start seeing the robots or the droids start using the weapons, those are actually the very first types of blasters created. All right, And the great thing is, too, is that those models, tens of thousands of years older than anything in the so-called Galactic you know, Republic and the uh, Sith Empire, they're actually better than what we are currently playing in the Sotor universe. All right, those blast that blast technology is actually much better, much more efficient, much more deadlier. Yeah. Okay, and I'm not going to ruin the story for anyone, but if you're on Bell Savis, and when you start doing one of the dailies, you'll get a hint of that uh, on one of the missions that you're doing. Okay. In Kotor, the uh, these droids you're talking about are were they part of the the Sith ruins? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's, they are. One member. I want to. I wanted to make sure I was remembering that correctly. Yeah, when the ruins, when you actually go to discover the uh, the first part of the star map, that right. sequence. That's when your yeah. character finds out that he was Revan. No, that's later on. That's later on? Okay. Yep. Two different types of ammunition for these weapons. You have a gas cartridge and a power cell. Okay, and how it works is that the small amount of gas, coupled with the energy provided by the power cell, they combine to form the bolt that you see discharged in the weapon. And just like Barbie, the blaster can become <laughs> many accessories <laughs> or tools to make them more effective. Scopes, <laughs> magazine capacity, you name it, they can do it. And apparently you <laughs> still can't aim with them to save your life, as in evidence <laughs> in the movies. Yes. No matter where the stormtroopers aim, they just can't seem to hit and Luke, the Princess Land of Calrissian. They can hit the radio, <laughs> but they can't hit them worth a the damn. I was aiming for Luke on the other side of the room. All right, and as you see, again, in the books and the movies, blasters are held and used by both military and civilians, civilians for personal defense, especially the crime syndicates, like the, the cartel and the exchange. And from what I observed, the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire really have no blaster control laws, so to speak, meaning anyone can carry them. But within certain areas, sections of a planet, ship, what have you, weapons are prohibited. Like, for example, the Senate Tower. Yeah, I can just imagine someone working on uh, the engine room of a, a starship, you know, where they have some fuel near them, and, you know, someone just actually slips and discharges their, their blaster, and, yeah, that, I can see where the gun control would be. There's a big <laughs> boom, and then off to the right here. <laughs> oh, <dee -dee>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I have for this week. If anyone wants to delve further, I mean, there's a great, really great write-up on both the uh, Wikipedia site and the Star Wars sites themselves. It's just that if you don't mind reading into the, the actual science of it, it's a really interesting read. A lot of good information there. You have to check that out. Definitely gonna have to check that out because I, I like hearing like all this this stuff about you know how how it is in the game and, and in the books and then how how modern day scientists kind of like look at this stuff and yeah, we just have to discover the right gas yet and the right power source. I mean, get those together and boom, you got a boom. Well, there you go. That's why Lando Calrissian had well, a really great know, going on Bespin. Well, I want to know is how bounty hunters carry an infinite supply of, like, five different missiles on them at all times. <laughs> and then oh, shoot well, it out of every orifice. Well, let's put it this way. Um, we've all seen aliens. Right. Remember the pulse rifles they had? Yeah. Look how small those grenades were. They packed quite a punch, didn't they? All right. Matter of time. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and move on to our special segment, the
to the fleet. Oh, Lord Vader. We would be honored if you would join us. And here we are in the fleet. Your emails and iTunes shoutouts. And our first email comes from Eric P. Hey guys, I, d- I discovered something new. I'm not sure if you guys discussed this. I was partied up with a buddy and we tried entering the class hangar together. See? See? This is the one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, he says they got into the starship and they were able to travel. However, when he tried to do space battle, since it was his ship, he entered the mission and I was trapped inside this ship until he finished. No fast travel or escape pod. That was funny, but it needs to be fixed. What do you guys think about this development? Well, I, don't, I think if you're going to with somebody in your ship, you shouldn't be selfish and go off and do space battles. It's just rude. Yeah, I thought that was a little rude. <laughs> <laughs> However, I mean, it makes sense that if they go into a space battle and you're on a ship, you're stuck. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're going to escape pod out into the middle of uh, Empire occupied, occupied space. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> and just sit there. Uh, hello? <laughs> well, I mean, if we talk about the <clears throat> other game that recently went away in December, how they brought that in to where... Galaxies? Yes. And even the, uh, the last trailer, the last CGI trailer for the old public, where the game was actually released. You know, what do we see on this smuggler ship? We see the trooper and we see Satili hop into the gun pods. That, I think that would be a great element to the space game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'd love that. They had that in Galaxies to where, you know, for example, my character, I had a starship that actually had gun turrets. And I actually had to have live players from my guild in those turrets manning it. I could only man, you know, the forward guns, which I control from my cockpit. But I had two of the players from my guild in the top and bottom turrets. Plus, I had two of the people whose sole purpose in life was to go from hotspot to hotspot on my ship and repair, yes, repair the damage my ship was taking from the battle. <laughs> okay, they actually had to repair things during the battle and deal with it. Yeah, it seems parts like work. <laughs> but, you know, that would be great. I think they could add. Yeah, add have people game. being able to go on your turrets would be awesome. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's there. The well, the gun well is there. You see it. That ladder. So and It wouldn't be hard just... to program that either. I mean, you got a, a, pre-path, a predetermined flight path that one per- the person who's the pilot of the starship is controlling the main blaster and piloting what little you can pilot, while the other one's sitting there with his mouse is blasting away at everything. Yeah, that could be very doable and a lot of fun, actually. Oh, yeah. I would, I would totally love, you know, two-player, three-player space battles where you could do that. That's it. Bioware, get on it. Get on it. Work on that. Next email, Mike. <laughs> hey, guys. Do you think it hurt the game that they dumbed down the visuals so much in the game that it resembles the original KOTOR when they made such strides forward with Mass Effect 2? The most painful case being that all the cutscenes are immobile, emotionless scenes that get boring after several hours of gameplay. Where is it? Um, I'm not bored. Yes. I think it did. But yeah, I've got I've got several real life friends that refuse to play this game because of how it looks. Yes, same here. I don't agree with it, but I think it definitely hurt the game. There's some points in the game I think are beautiful, um, especially when you're in space. Uh, some of the, actually some of the space fights look great, but yeah, I mean, I, we we do know for a fact that Bioware has stated that they are working on the visual increase, allowing the the high graphics at the 
original screenshot showed that no one's been able to achieve because you don't have that option in the game. Yeah. You I know, think, I think they were really worried about server stability, honestly. I think, yeah, well, it was because they actually were enabled in the beta, but they shut them off because of that. I, I think maybe it hurt the game a little bit, but I think it hurt the game less than if they would have released it and the servers would have crashed every 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Or your game crashed because you, your the load was too yeah, high on the server, or there yeah. was a ridiculous too much lag to you know move that sort of thing. Well, honestly, right, why are they why are they even having that issue when when other MMOs out there released and the visuals are a lot better and they haven't had server stability issues? Well, it's not actually to be them. honest with you, it's not has there's nothing to do with the server because the graphic end is only on your PC. It's not on the server, yeah, okay. and it doesn't change your load either way. Um, but with the with the server and everything going on in like say if you're in the fleet and you have that high graphic load and your car really shouldn't handle it, it'll crash your game. And people can be stubborn and don't realize they have to turn down the graphics in order to maintain stability. However, I played the original Kotor the other day and the graphics don't look anything like the original Kotor. I'm just throwing that out there. No, they don't. They're a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> They're a lot better than the original Kotor. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. They may have dumbed them down, but they're not that bad. <laughs> yeah, the original KOTOR was for Xbox, and uh, it was only slightly better than a, a you know, Nintendo 64 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> only, yeah sharp, only slightly better than a sharp poke in the eye. All right, um, oh. Lou, go I, ahead. I guess, I guess what, what people want is uh, they want to see those, I guess, the press shots that were released yeah. before the game went out. That's what they want to see. You know, you know and, and, and advertises actual in-game screenshots. All right, if I want that level of clarity, why can't I get it? <laughs> That's cool, and I agree. However, I think there's way more things they need to work on fixing before that. Oh, right. heck yes. Yes. <laughs> so this, that yeah, this, be, like, this, the bottom of the list. <laughs> right. This, for purely aesthetic reasons, yes, they should work on it, but there are other game-breaking issues that need to be addressed. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. But of I course. would like them at some point in the future to fix that to where hey, you know, for the past four years when I followed this game, I was seeing, as touted, these are the in-game screenshots, so there's no BS, this is what it looks like. Hmm. All right, that's what I want to see down the road. Our next email, Ivarwin. Okay, this comes to us from Taylor, and he says, Hey guys, I'm level 47 with my Jedi Guardian and just started doing PvP after 46 levels of missing out on it. I love it and think they did a good job with PvP from what I can see so far. My question is about the PvP gear. I'm having a hard time figuring out where to buy the right gear and what commendations I need. There are several vendors on the fleet which sell gear, and they all take a different kind of commendation. But the only commendation I get from the Warzone is the Warzone commendation. Where do I get the other commendations? And which vendor sells the top PvP gear? Thanks for the help, Taylor. I got this one, guys. Because I screwed up before, I kind of learned it. <clears throat> and I, but besides, I think I'm the one that PvP is the most in this group. Yes? Mm-hmm. By far. <laughs> um, Alright, so there's different levels of PvP. Each, each vendor, group of vendor you see in that PvP area is for armor type. So, depending on what class you are, you just go to the right one that has like heavy armor with your stats. And you'll see, I believe, four different vendors there. One of them is for... Lower than level 50 so-called PvP gear, which really isn't PvP gear. It's standard gear that you can buy with Warzone accommodations as you're leveling up. Don't do that. Not worth it. You'll get better gear just getting regular planet accommodations. What you want to do is buy a bag from the main PvP vendor that you will find near the PvP daily 
um, device, if you will, that will sell you a bag. Uh, I, I mentioned it in the, I believe, last episode or episode before that. It's a bag that champion gear, or ch- the champion bag, I believe. And that will give you champion accommodations, which is the first level of PvP gear you can get. Now, when it comes to the other tiers, I'm not exactly sure on how those are obtained yet. I'm sure I'll find out soon enough, but as of right now, you need to, prior to 50, you need to focus on getting the champion gear, which you need to get those bags, which contains the champion tokens, and a chance at PvP gear for level 50. Um, prior to level 50, you can only have one bag in your inventory, but you can save. Um, also, what you want to note is that the Warzone accommodations, there's another type of accommodation that you have to buy with Warzone accommodations from that same vendor, and it costs, for every 10 of that accommodation, it takes 30 Warzone. In order to buy the bag, you need 200 of both. So if you do the math, that would be 600, 800 accommodations total in order to buy one bag. So you, And it takes a lot of PvP to do that, to get those bags. And it, it the average piece of gear for Champion, I believe, is around 24 accommodations and higher. And in every bag, you get maybe two to four. So it takes a lot. A lot of grinding. A lot of grinding. And I got to say, though, on this note... I did my first PvP with with a, a pretty cool person that I just met on our server. We were hanging out. He's a healer. He's a sage with me. And I, sorry, man, I forgot your name off the top of my head. I have you in my friends list. <laughs> but we were trying to trying to get a group together. Really cool guy. Fun to hang out with. We decided to do, to try out a level 50 PvP match, and it was as bad as I thought it would be. We got destroyed because we had no PvP gear, and people had been or in those matches had a ton of it because they've been grinding it and grinding it and grinding it, murdered us. We had no chance. It, it's kind of, I hate it when games do PvP gear. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Because it makes it no longer any fun. I adored PvPing from level 10 to 50. After 50, though, it's too much of a headache trying to get that gear. For me, anyway. I know a lot of people still love it, so that's cool. Uh, last email, and who hasn't read one yet? Lou. All right, our email comes from David H. David writes in, I was wondering what your favorite roles to play are, healer, DPS, tank, and why you like playing these roles. I personally like playing supporting classes, tank, and healer. And I hope you need those roles in your guild. Keep up the amazing work, guys, and I look forward to the next podcast. From David. Um, I am traditionally a ranged DPS lover. That's always been my thing. I've always been really good at it. I played a tank in World of Warcraft and loved it, but I'm always better at the DPS roles. What about you guys? Traditionally, I am a tank and adore it. Usually, I've played range or melee DPS classes from Ultima to <laughs> till now. So, and I love yeah. that role. I'm, I'm trying not to heal it right now. You know what? I really don't have a favorite role. Most of the time, I rotate between the game. When it was Final Fantasy, I was melee DPS. I was range DPS and... Uh, and tank and wow and in this one so far I'm pretty much just predominantly tank so I am I do I am playing a healer on my sage but yeah I've always preferred the DPS role that's why I love my my bounty hunter right now he's just pure DPS BA-ness you know um, as it comes for what our guilds need that's not an issue because we're a laid back guild we don't have any really demands on archetype you play what you want to play and you'll find a spot in groups and it never hurts to have tanks and healers ever hurts never hurts (laughs) never ever (laughs) you can never have too many but the bottom line is just have fun 
you know, play what you want to play and have fun with the rest of us. That's all I care about. That's all you ever care about. Exactly. I loved it when I asked Duke, when I asked Lou, because I was like, okay, I want to get in a group with you and Marie and someone else, and we can do stuff together. Like, what would you guys want me to do? And he said, DPS. I was just wanted to just like you know kiss his feet at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Lou. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing you in Guild, David. We have two shoutouts for the American Five Star Reviews. Cool Nord and Namizak. Namizak. Thank you guys for the reviews. And I'd like to say that um, we understand that Bioware needs to fix a lot of things, and we hope they do it soon. Yeah, I would agree. Um, there's, there's, you know, the, this game is very, very popular. It's sold a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's got staying power. And this is uh, this is the part where where Bioware has to forge that. Okay, it's not World of Warcraft. Uh, the MMO innocence is not there anymore, like it was in 2004. Okay, they have to they have to put put in some things that that were lacking. And uh, if they don't do it, this game I don't care how many discs it's sold, it's gonna fail. And uh, let's hope they don't let's hope they don't do that because I'm seriously enjoying what we've got so far. It just needs a couple of tweaks. Yep, uh, just fix the uh, whole you know server you know ratio thing. That'll pretty much do it for me. The game has a lot of promise. Still has a lot of potential. Bioware needs. They know what they need to do. Listen to the community. You know, let's work together. Let's get this game going. Keep it going. Make it successful. Our website is StarWarsOffTheRecord.com. You can go there to find our forums, our email, our twitters, and all the information. Our email is StarWarsOffTheRecord at gmail.com. Send in anything you want to send to us, guys. We love all the emails we can get. Uh, show's Twitter is at StarWarsOTR. I am at author J.R. Wilson. Ivarwin is at Ivarwin. E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Mike is at InsaneHero. That's H-I-R-O. And Lou is at GamerGuy11B. Star Wars Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production. And may the Force be with you. Take care, guys. Be safe. Adios, guys. And make sure you keep those woo-woos going. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Glad to be here. See you all next week. And I'm going to make a... Com- um, uh, the Not the opposite, but the... Um, help me out, guys. I'm brain farting like mad right now. I don't even know what you're talking about. Smuggler. Hey. And here we are. And then. Here. Hey, my, my intro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were picking it up with me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I said I'm going to redo it, and then I'm going to go to you. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Jackson. And here we are in the dark council, our rep. <laughs> Fuck me. You know what? Screw it. Ivarwin, at the timestamp, you just go. Don't worry about me. Just go. Welcome to Tyrannix Off the Record. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are in the Jedi Archives. Lore with our Loom Masters. Loom Masters. Holy crap. <laughs> hey. All right. Since you messed up. Woo woo.